You may have your seat. Hey, thanks everyone for um, like texting me and writing me and calling me and just telling me about all the experiments in the way of Jesus that y'all have been doing this summer. Um, super cool, super cool. We've um, so far in the Jesus Dojo, we have talked about uh, what Jesus does with these questions of identity and these questions of community and these questions of purpose. And today, we're looking at security, this question of security. This is like, this is a big one. Security is just a basic, basic need. Um, it is a first-order topic. The question, like, am I safe? Or do I have enough? Like, these are the tippy-top hierarchy of needs kinds of questions. And they, they have to be answered to some degree, right? Before one could possibly begin to ask like these, these existential questions of like, well, who am I? And what am I here for? So this is like, this is ground level stuff. Um, but security is also like a really complicated topic because it's so different for so many of us, right, in this economically diverse community. For some of us, it's the question of, Gosh, am I going to have to sleep in my car tonight? Or I wonder how I'm going to get like, clothes for my kids. For some of us, it's about how I'm going to pay my student loans or my mortgage. For some of us, it's about how am I going to afford to retire? These are all, these feel like really different questions, don't they? Right? And yet, they're all about security. They're all about security. And we all have them. We all have these questions. So um, it can feel kind of like a moving target a little bit here, right? It's always shifting. But um, I can already kind of hear in some of your, your minds right now, uh, some of you already trying to should yourself out of these concerns about security. Like, oh, I shouldn't worry about that. Oh. And if that works, will you please let me know? Because that would, just, that would make things a lot easier. We can just, you know, we can go home then. But, um, but look, this is nothing new. In the Gospels, Jesus calls a community of apprentices together from this really wide, diverse backgrounds, all these different backgrounds. So, like, you've got a tax collector, and you've got at least five fishermen, and you've got some disciples who aren't employed, and you've got three women who pay for Jesus' ministry. Did you know this? I think this is such a cool fact. There's three women who pay, who are very wealthy, who pay for Jesus' ministry. And yet, the invitation's the same for each of them. To live into the reality of God's reign with a gratefulness of heart, with a radical contentment, with a ruthless trust in the abundant gift of God, and to respond with willing generosity. And these, these are qualities that a person can pursue from within any, within any economic situation. Jesus had a lot to say about security. It was a topic that he talked about all the time. Uh, maybe more than anything else, he talked about this topic. This is what Jesus taught his apprentices about security. Um, John 14, um, to trust. That trust is at the heart of it. And fear is at the heart of it. Trust. And don't be afraid. He taught them, uh, Matthew 6, um, to not be anxious about food or clothing or survival 
or your future. Uh, Luke 11, to ask. Ask God for what you need. Ask. Be clear about it. And to be generous, Luke 12. To be generous as your God is generous with you, out of that generosity. uh, Matthew 6, um, to give discreetly and privately. Give discreetly and privately. And to resist greed, Luke 12. And, Matthew 6, to not hoard. When you got more than enough, it means someone else doesn't, right? To not hoard money or possessions. But instead, Matthew 6, instead value God's upside-down kingdom over the things that all the empires of the world value, largely security through money and power. So, and this is something, I mean, these teachings, oh my goodness, it's, it's one thing to talk about them, it's another thing to practice it, and yet that's what we see in the Gospels, is Jesus practicing this and inviting his apprentices to practice this, this radically different way too. Have you ever noticed that when Jesus sends out his apprentices on an experiment, he always says to them, take nothing with you. Have you noticed that? He always says, take nothing with you. Isn't that strange? It's almost as if he wants them to not be prepared. What do you, why do you think that is? This is, a real, this is a live question here for us, and you can put it in the comments too. Uh, why do you think that is? Why does Jesus, yeah. So we can challenge them. Yeah, yeah, Ellie, I think you're right about that. Yeah, yeah. Other thoughts? Why, why would Jesus say that? Yeah, to be dependent upon others. Yeah, I think you're right about that. Yeah. Any other thoughts? Why would Jesus say, take nothing with you? I, I, I mean, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> Ethan, I saw that hand. No, okay. Um, I, you know, I think it gets us out of our, our normal strategies. I think that's part of it. Like, he wants to get us out of these, nor- this, these normal ways that we interact and into this wild place of trust in a God who, like, has to provide for us, has to protect for us. It's, some, it's out of what we can manufacture for ourselves. I don't live in those places very often. I choose not to. Um, I I love how Eugene Peterson interprets this passage. He says, um, take nothing with you. You don't need equipment. You are the equipment. You don't need need better equipment. You are the equipment. And maybe you've discovered this too. Whenever I travel, I'm amazed at how little I actually need. Every time. Every time. Has this happened to you? I mean, like, I, I... And then I come back. And I'm shocked by how much stuff I have when I come home. I'm just like, oh, do I need this? I don't think I need this stuff, right? Like, uh, why do I have this stuff? It's it's almost like I feel like I'm serving this stuff. Shouldn't this stuff be serving me? It takes a lot of my time and my energy. So we have a really complicated relationship with stuff. And Jesus isn't afraid to talk about it. Uh, look, we could talk, you know, just in this, this topic of stuff, we could talk about the high that we get from consumption. We could talk about uh, 
the, our consumption of the planet's resources by, uh, that's being consumed at ever-increasing rates. We could talk about the mountains of trash that we create and the plastic that's, that's microscopically in, in the oceans, in, in uh, the, the sea life, and we could talk about the throwaway culture that we live in. Uh, we could talk about who makes our clothes or our toys and technology and how these beloved children of God are treated. The, we could talk about all these things, and this would just be the, the tip of the iceberg. See how this gets us into deep water together, right? We have a complicated relationship to stuff, and Jesus isn't afraid to talk about it. Um, you want to think twice, right, before inviting Jesus to a Thanksgiving dinner, unless you're okay with awkward. <laughs> but if you are, or if you want to be okay with awkward, then let me suggest an experiment in stuff. So Mark Skendret in his book, Practicing the Way of Jesus, he tells this story of an experiment that he and some friends endeavored to sell and give away half of their possessions and donate the profit to global poverty relief. The experiment was inspired by what Jesus taught about true security and abundance. Jesus once told his disciples, sell your possessions, give them to the poor. And then when people asked the prophet John how to respond to God's kingdom, he said, anyone who has two shirts should share with the one who has none. And anyone who has food should do the same. So Mark and his, his friends, they called this experiment, have two, give one. I love that. Have two, give one. And it seemed like a really tangible way to just to practice what Jesus said. Well, let's take him for his word. Okay, let's practice that. And so they began to systematically divest of their stuff. Each week they would collect uh, different items to sell or donate. And one week it would be books and music and other clothes or household items. Um, and they were amazed to see how many things that they owned were just collecting dust and yet could be sold to help others. And they were surprised that many of the items that they thought were like really like uh, precious and valuable, maybe like their Beanie Babies, I don't know, were actually nearly worthless. And they wondered why they kept buying things that they didn't need or use. Like sales rack clothes with, with price tags still attached after years in the closet. And this flurry of activity led them to ask even deeper questions about their heart posture towards money and possessions and consumption. And one night, they decided it would be a good idea to share how much money they each made and where that money was being spent. Oh my gosh, how vulnerable is that? Wow. They did some further investigation into what Jesus taught about God's abundance, and they wrestled with how his teachings offer this subversive critique of, of many of our commonly held beliefs and practices, maybe even some of those parental messages that you got early on. So Mark writes that through the have-to-give-one experiment, thousands of dollars were redistributed, and they each discovered more heart simplicity and the benefits of less physical clutter, and they, they quickly became an intimate community through this experiment. So what do you think? 
What do you think about this? Are you ready to explore your relationship to stuff and, and how Jesus might influence that? How, what it might reveal to you about security, about what you, what you fear and love the most? So we've got a have to give one experiment. It's on the website. You can find it there. You can find it in the bulletin right now. Um, and so I want you just to consider, just consider making this experiment in these final weeks of August. We only got a couple more weeks of Jesus Dojo left. To consider making this your experiment to simplify, to share, and to share your findings with one another about this. Because Jesus promises there's a new way to be in this world. Free from comparison and jealousy. Free from greed and endless want. Free to share with others. Motivated by deep gratitude at the surprising generosity of God. Jesus promises there's a new way to be. So Salt House, why not try it out? Give it a try and see if Jesus is right about this. Anne-Marie, you want to share a song with us?